Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Heroes, Villains, and Redemption. My name is Jonathan Chan, and I'm so glad that you can join us today. Now, before we begin with Iron Man, customarily, we start off with a video clip. So I'm going to show you a video clip from Iron Man 3. So enjoy. There's no bomb cases. You know I can help. Just ask I got a ton of new tech. I got a prehensile suit. I got, a, I, got, I got bomb disposal. Catches explosions midair. So last time you got a good night's sleep. Einstein slept three hours a year. Look what he did. People are concerned about you, Tony. I'm concerned about you. You're going to come at me like no, that? No, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick. Taylor. Do you mind signing my drawing? If Richard doesn't mind, you all right with this, <laughs> yeah. Dick? Fine with me. What's your name? Aaron. I loved you in A Christmas Story, by the way. Listen, the Pentagon is scared. After New York, aliens, come on. They need to look strong. Stopping the Mandarin is priority, but it's not... It's not superhero business. No, it's not, yeah. quite frankly. It's yeah. American business. So I said I... Got it. Okay? <sighs> Broke the crayon. Are you okay, hey, Mr. Stark? Take it easy. Tell me. How did you get out of the world? Wait a minute. Tell me. What are you saying? Tell me. Sorry. Just check out the suit. Okay. Check the heart, check the check the is it the brain? No sign of cardiac anomaly or unusual brain activity. Okay, so it's poison? My diagnosis is that you've experienced a severe anxiety attack. Well, Me? welcome back to Heroes, Villains, and Redemption. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the video clip from Iron Man 3. So now we begin with Iron Man. Now, if you recently joined us, or this is your first uh, uh, exposure to our series, I invite you to go to our website or our Facebook page and just uh, visit the previous video recordings or pod audio podcasts so that you can watch and or listen to our sermon series on the various characters that we've already covered. This morning, we'll be covering Iron Man. And I'm not quite sure if you are familiar with his origin story, his really the original origin story, or you're just familiar with the um, movies of the trio of Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. So I'll just quickly jump to an assumption here that you are more familiar with uh, the uh, movies as opposed to the comic book character, the uh, comic book story arc. And so I'll just use the movies as the source material since they're more contemporary and relevant to our discussion today. So what's my point for this morning? Well, the point is this. The power of the gospel is always revealed in our weakness. In our weakness, like Paul says, we are made strong. But the strength we receive is not physical strength, nor is it mental capacity or healing powers or prevention from pain and or suffering, nor is it about power to influence. No, it's the strength that Jesus had when he was at Garden of Gethsemane and also as he was journeying to the cross and journeying through his suffering on the cross. It's the strength that helped him to go through it, to remain obedient to God and not give up. It's the strength 
to go through life's challenges, to go through the suffering through these challenges, and to uh, come out in the end victorious. So it's not about strength to avoid the challenges. It's not about strength to avoid pain or suffering. It's the strength to find comfort in the midst of suffering. It's the strength to embrace suffering. So how can the gospel teach us on how to find this strength in the midst of suffering? So let's take a brief look at Iron Man's origin story and see why I chose Iron Man to talk about strength in the time of weakness. So the following was taken from Marvel.com. Tony Stark is his name. Not, not Iron Man is just his alias. Uh, Tony Stark is a genius inventor. He continued his father's work, Howard Stark's uh, weaponry business, after his parents' untimely deaths and flew it to even greater heights of innovation. While in Afghanistan to demonstrate a new missile for the U.S. military, Stark's convoy came under fire by a terrorist group known as the Ten Rings, and he was severely wounded. Now, he was taken prisoner by the group, and Stark awoke in their headquarters to learn that the shrapnel near his heart had nearly cost him his life. But swift action by scientist and fellow prisoner Ho Yinsen, who had inserted a powerful electromagnet in Stark's chest, would prolong it temporarily, meaning that it, the shrapnel will not hit to his heart because of this electromagnet that Yinsen installed in Stark's chest. Now, stalling his captors after they demanded he, the, him to build a new weapon, Stark replaced the magnet with the RT, a miniature version of a device originally designed by his father, the Arc Reactor. Furthermore, he and Yinsen created a crude suit of armor which could provide them the means with which to escape. The suit worked as planned, though Yinsen sacrificed himself in order to allow Tony enough time to power it up to fight their terrorist captors. With the help from his friend, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes, the inventor returned home and promptly announced Stark Industries' departure from the weapons business. Stark worked overtime in his lab to streamline the armor, and when he finished, a new persona emerged, which was Iron Man. And that's where we got Iron Man 1. Iron Man's armor provided a complete working environment for its user, including enhanced strength, closed air systems, data input, communications, flight, defense systems, and offensive weaponry, such as missiles, lasers, and so-called repulsor technology. Stark never stopped in his advancement of his armor designs and at one time created multiple versions, each one of them with a specialized use. And that is during Iron Man 2 and partly of Iron Man 3. The armor has also become lighter and more flexible since the first incarnation, allowing Stark to suit up in mere seconds and be immediately ready for action. So if you saw the uh, Infinity War and the Endgame, Stark's suit became more like a nanobots where he just... It just instantly covered him. So many of Tony Stark's enemies have stepped out from the shadows to reveal themselves as people connected to him in some personal way, making for even tougher challenges for Iron Man. Unfortunately, Tony Stark developed post-traumatic stress disorder in the wake of the invasion of New York, where uh, if you saw that movie Avengers, uh, you had this uh, Thor's brother, Loki, 
who uh, came and invaded New York, and uh, there was tons of these inv- aliens and monsters that totally baffled Tony Stark because Stark was more of a scientist and this stuff was magical and so it was out of his control. So this whole invasion of New York, this situation created stress in his relationships with people, especially with Pepper Potts. Throughout the three Iron Man movies and the Avenger films, Tony Stark was obsessed with building better suits and better technology to protect himself and those he loves. The whole ordeal of the invasion where he faced a challenge he almost couldn't defeat and almost died from caused him not only PTSD, but frequent anxiety attacks and the obsession to be better, stronger, and more prepared to counter anything that may come his way. So it's like the scene that I showed you in the video clip a lot um, during the intros. So why? because he didn't want to face that kind of suffering ever again, right? That's why he wanted to build bigger, better suits to, in order to protect him from, this, from any of this type of suffering ever to happen again. In fact, he did this to protect other people he loved from their suffering so that, get this, he doesn't suffer along with them because their suffering causes his suffering. And I'm sure some of us could relate with that as well. So this suffering caused him great discomfort, knowing that he, being a billionaire and genius, was unable to resolve it or help others to get rid of the suffering. It bothered him a lot, and so he didn't want to be part of it and avoided it at all costs by going overtime, uh, spending so much time in his lab to try to develop more and more better suits and better weaponry. And this is where we will begin this morning. So he never stopped. So Stark never stopped advancement because he wanted to avoid suffering. So how can the gospel then redeem Tony Stark? You see, reality is not like the movies where we have infinity stones and all of life's problems will be gone with a snap. Suffering is here and we encounter it no matter where we are in life. We can't eradicate it or obliterate it with missiles. We can't outmuscle it like a Hulk uh, or pound it with a hammer like Thor, nor zap it or karate chop it into pieces like the Black Widow. Suffering is unavoidable and it will cause great discomfort, especially when we are out of options and solutions. We can't hide inside an Iron Man suit because we don't have one or hide away in a silo hoping that suffering will not touch us because we can't, we have to live. No, we need to live, we need to be with people. And with living, unfortunately, comes suffering because of the in-between times we are living in where Jesus' kingdom is breaking in, but the old world is putting up a fight. Tony Stark's anxiety attacks and PTSD revolve around him knowing and realizing there will be suffering, that there will be suffering that he may not be able to handle or eradicate. So he became obsessed in avoiding suffering. See, he knew that there would be a time when there would be suffering that he may not be able to avoid. So what does he do? He develops more and more technology, more and more advancements in order to avoid that suffering, to protect himself from that suffering. Are some of us like Tony Stark? Do we have anxiety in trying to avoid suffering? Are we pulling out all the stops? To some, this COVID-19 pandemic sure brings out those anxieties to the forefront, doesn't it? 
How can the gospel redeem Tony and us when suffering is unavoidable? How does the gospel provide us with comfort? Let's go to the scriptures. I found it interesting that there is one particular passage where comfort in the midst of suffering occurs many times, the word comfort. And here it is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 9. I'll read it, and if you could follow with me on the screen, that would be great. Oh, by the way, uh, my apologies if this hat is a distraction. I'm wearing a hat because uh, we are still uh, in, a, in lockdown, and I am unable to visit my barber so, uh, for quite some time now. And because I am very hesitant in allowing my wife to touch my hair and to cut it, I've been waiting for the barber to open, and he has not opened yet. And therefore, my hair is on a revolt. And so please do not do not mind me wearing a hat. Uh, and it's also approximately 28 degrees Celsius right now. And hence, I'm in a tank top while recording this because I am just cooking. Anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, but the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In this passage, it is obvious that Paul's emphasis is on comfort. Ten times he mentioned comfort within seven verses, as you can see on the screen here. Paul is obviously in some sort of pain and suffering that is so great and so unbearable that in verse 9, it feels like he was sentenced to death. And hence, it is no wonder that the word comfort is mentioned so often. Folks, have we ever felt that way? Do we know of friends or loved ones who felt that way? That all we can think about as we endure suffering is to find some way to find comfort, some remedy to alleviate the pain that we are enduring? The word comfort in English doesn't capture the entire meaning of the ancient Greek word used here of comfort. It doesn't imply the removal of pain or the amelioration of pain. I'm going to borrow from N.T. Wright's commentary on 2 Corinthians, and here's what he says about Paul's use of the word comfort in the ancient Greek. So here it is. The word Paul uses is, is a bit more many-sided than comfort. It can mean to call someone to come near, to make a strong appeal or exhortation, or to treat an inviting or friendly way. The whole idea of the word is that one person is being with another, speaking words which change their mood and situation 
giving them courage, new hope, new direction, new insights, which will alter the way they face the next moment. The next day, the rest of their life. And when you put all that together in a bottle, shake it up and pour it out for someone who is in the middle of deep suffering, the best word we can come up with to describe the effect is probably comfort. Many times when we see others suffering, we want to either find a solution for them or provide advice to help them get out of their suffering or avoid them entirely because we have no idea how to help them. You know, turn that frown upside down. That doesn't really help, does it? When we suffer, what do we tend to do? Something similar. We look for solutions, fixes, quick fixes. And when we aren't suffering, we try to find ways to avoid it as much as possible. Even avoid people who are suffering, since why do we want to be with depressing people? It's so depressing. Well, that's not comfort, is it? Comfort is not about avoiding people who are suffering, and comfort is not about avoiding suffering for ourselves either. Comfort is about joining in other people's journeys of suffering. Yes, you and I may or may not be suffering, but when we share in someone else's suffering, it's like the burden is no longer just on their shoulders, but on everyone's shoulders. When the burden is spread out, the burden is light for everyone. So that's the kind of comfort that Paul is talking about here. Not the eradication or obliteration of suffering, but the sharing of suffering with others, the being with another and to journey together and seek out insights about the suffering and where to go through the suffering together. So that's Paul's definition of comfort. Comfort, the sharing of suffering. So let's look at this passage again to see how the gospel provide this kind of comfort for us and for others. In verse 3 to 4, Praise be to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Paul says that the source of this comfort comes from God. How so? How does God provide this kind of comfort in all of Paul's troubles so that he can comfort those in any trouble? Paul makes this comfort sound like it is plentiful. This comfort is limitless. This comfort is universally applicable for everyone in all kinds of suffering. This comfort provides Paul comfort in his troubles in the first century. And Paul says that this comfort will provide us, those in the 21st century, living in the presence of the COVID-19 pandemic, we find comfort as well in God. So how does God provide this kind of comfort that is so universal, limitless, and also timelessness? Or what I mean is relevant even from the past and even today and in the future. The key word here is how Paul describes God's comfort. God's comfort is from his compassion. Recall what I said about sentence structure in previous sermons when two nouns are placed side by side. They can be treated as equals. So comfort and compassion are interchangeable, which means God provides us with comfort because he intentionally is with us and joins us in our suffering. In the midst of COVID-19, wherever you are at, whether you're listening to this sermon or watching it, 
in whatever context you find yourself in today, know this, that God is with you and he is suffering alongside with you. It's baffling, but it is true. God provides us with comfort because he intentionally wants to be with us and he intentionally joins us in our sufferings. Compassion has a lot to do with joining, in which, of course, is how Paul defined comfort in our earlier discussion. So how does God share in our sufferings and join us within our journey? Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. When Paul suffers, the church is comforted. When Paul is comforted, the church is comforted. What happens to them and what happens to Paul himself are intertwined. Jesus died, so his people die in him. Sharing his sufferings, Jesus rose again, so his people rise again in him. Knowing the power of the resurrection to comfort and heal, already in the present time and cherishing the hope that one day they will be given new resurrection bodies like the ones Jesus himself now has. Knowing that Jesus has already gone through the greatest suffering ahead of us and came out glorifying a new body through the power of the resurrection provided Paul comfort. Comfort in knowing that Jesus already went through it and Jesus is now coming back and journeying with us through knowing that Jesus will take him through it and into the power of the resurrection and into the presence of God, Paul finds comfort and we can find comfort. For us, when we suffer, Jesus is literally coming back to us, joining us with the suffering and telling us that, hey, I've been through it. Look at where I am now. I could take you through it too. This truth of the gospel provided Paul with comfort and it will provide us with comfort. Let me provide you with a recent example of how sharing in others' sufferings provides comfort for people. During one of our small group discussions over video conferencing, of course, through Zoom, since we are practicing social distancing, some of us were sharing about the fears and anxieties of losing our jobs. Granted, it is suffering, isn't it? Because as you probably are aware, uh, what day is it today? May 11th of 2020. I just flicked on the news and then it says that around 386,000 jobs were lost in BC alone. That's suffering. And uh, many of us in our small group, we have that lingering cloud over our heads wondering whether we would lose our jobs as well. And so this looming cloud of the possibility of being unemployed, it causes fear and causes anxiety and suffering. And uh, this unknown is completely understandable then. Then they, so my, our small group, of course, asked me, how does one, one find comfort in light of this situation that we are in? How does this whole gospel of telling us that Jesus is suffering with us and therefore we find comfort in him, how does this all work? How does it look like as an example? Well, here's mine. Actually, I'm 42 years old. 
and I've been through something similar, but not not the same as like COVID nineteen because it's not a virus but a pandemic. But I've been through something quite similar, and it was called two thousand eight, when we had a stock market crash. Uh, if you recall, uh, just go watch the Big Short. Uh, that explains a lot about two thousand eight. But when the stock market crashed, a lot of hell broke loose. Uh, a lot of un- unemployment, uh, unemployment exploded, the housing prices collapsed, mortgages were collapsing, everything. And I was there. And boy, there were a lot of uncertainties and job insecurities. The economy was in extreme fluctuations and people were being laid off in all sectors. My com- the company that I was working for were laying off people. However, in light of these sufferings and anxieties, I shared with my group that because I knew that Jesus was journeying with me through this, because I knew that he was suffering alongside with me, I didn't have to be afraid of actually leaving my job and head to full-time seminary. You see, it's crazy to go to full-time seminary in the light of 2008. To be honest, I freaked out myself. I was kicking and screaming and debating with Jesus on this because he told me, no, be obedient, go to seminary. And I said, are you nuts? Uh, everybody's like, people are losing jobs left, right, and center. I'm lucky to have one still. And you're telling me to quit my job and go to seminary in the midst of 2008, in the midst of all this whole uh, situation of the stock market crash and everything. And like, seriously, um, you want me to go to seminary? And he said, yes, do that. And so I went to seminary, I think uh, a year or two afterwards, and it's still in the midst of this whole um, stock market and uh, employment uncertainty. And uh, just because uh, my wife encouraged me to continue to trust in Jesus, to trust that this is what Jesus wanted us to do, and we should obey. And so we did, that Jesus will continue to journey with us in our sufferings, in our uncertainties, uh, in our trials, in our um, financial uncertainties as well. Like we weren't sure uh, where we will be afterwards, after when I finished seminary, but we trusted that Jesus is with us through the thick and thin, and no matter what we will encounter, we will come out in the end as victorious as he is. So think about it. I had every reason to say no to Jesus. With the job market in such a flux in the world's eyes, I would be called crazy. I had a job. I had a good one. And, but I left it to go into full-time ceremony at Regent College, not knowing whether I will find employment after I graduated. I left what was safe and secure in light of global economic collapse to trust and obey Jesus' calling, for I believe that he will journey with me and take me and my wife and my family through it. After I graduated, you can see the rest has been history of blessings, and I'm here serving others, serving you, doing this, doing what God has called me to do and providing comfort for others. So sharing the comfort that Jesus provided for me with my small group and you, the listener. So as I said this, uh, did my sisters and brothers in my cell group find comfort knowing that I am journeying with them as well? Yes, because with them knowing that I've already gone through it and has come out to, and came out the other end to be the person I am today, provided them with comfort that Jesus will do the same for them as well. That I, Jonathan Chan will journey with them, telling them and encouraging them that to stick with it, to remain obedient to Jesus throughout this whole COVID-19 pandemic, even in light of uncertainties and in light of uh, uncertainties and unemployment that this uh, pandemic is causing, 
that as long as we remain obedient to Jesus, trust in Jesus, and allow Jesus to journey with us in our sufferings, that we will come out in the end victorious, as he has done for me. And I hope that you find this as an encouragement as well. If you would like me to journey with you in your suffering, to pray with you, to connect with you from time to time, and to keep you in my prayer journal, please connect with me through email or through messaging or just through a Facebook message. And I would love to journey with you in your time as well of trials and uncertainties. Because like, I, like what Paul says, comfort is defined by sharing in suffering. The more people you can find that you can trust, that you can uh, share your burdens with, you will find your burden very light. The more you trust in Jesus to share your burden in Jesus, he promises you that your yoke will be light as well. So uh, how can I also explain it in a more uh, colorful way? Well, here's a video clip from Inside Out, the movie by Pixar and Disney on how we can practically share in the suffering of others to provide comfort for them. Here, let me show you the clip. Enjoy. My rocket! Wait, Riley and I were still using that rocket. It still has some song power left. Who is your friend who likes to play? No! No, 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 you can't take my rocket to the dock. Riley and I go to the moon. Riley can't be done with me. Okay, we can fix this. We just need to get back to headquarters. Which way to the train station? I had a whole trip planned for us. Hey, who's ticklish, huh? Here comes the tickle monster. Hey, Bing Bong, look at this. Oh, here's a fun game. You point to the train station and we all go there. Won't that be fun? Come on, let's go to the train station. I'm sorry they took your rocket. They took something that you loved. It's gone forever. Sadness, don't make him feel worse. Sorry. It's all I had left of Riley. I bet you and Riley had great adventures. Oh, they were wonderful. Once we flew back in time, we had breakfast twice that day. Sadness. It sounds amazing. I bet Riley liked it. Oh, she did. We were best friends. <laughs> I'm okay now. Come on, the train station is this way. How did you do that? Well, I don't know. I, he was sad, so I listened to what. Hey! There's the train! So to conclude, how does the gospel provide comfort for Tony Stark and for the rest of us who may have fears of the unknown and possible suffering? The gospel tells us to embrace suffering and find comfort knowing that Jesus embraces us and will be with us to get through the suffering. It is not to eradicate the suffering. It is not to obliterate the suffering. 
And then, of course, it's not for Jesus to help us to avoid the suffering or protect us from suffering. No, Jesus is here, just like what sadness did to Bing Bong, with the Bing Bong, is to suffer alongside with us, to embrace us, to help us to embrace the suffering, and to go through it with us so that we can go through it and end victoriously. We, as Paul would say, at the end, will be sharing in the power of the resurrection in God's presence in the end. That's what Jesus' intent it is to provide us with comfort and to share and to take part in our suffering and share our burdens. Let me allow you, uh, sorry, allow me to leave a word of blessing to you. Maybe you can use this passage as a meditation uh, for your for the coming week or on the, during the times when you find that uh, you are in a, have some anxieties uh, with regards to the uncertainties, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. Allow me to read this passage to you. This is from Jesus telling us, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is here to share in our sufferings to journey with us because he has already gone through it. We know that through his suffering, with through the strength that he has, his strength carried him into the power of the resurrection and into glory. And he wants to share that strength with us. He wants to give us this strength, not the Tony Stark strength, not the strength from Iron Man suits, weaponry, things that will that hopefully would obliterate or prevent suffering. No, it's the strength to allow us to remain obedient to Jesus and to remain truthful and trust in Jesus to carry us through our sufferings to the end, to the resurrection, to the power of the resurrection and to be glorified in God's presence. That's the strength that we will be given by Jesus so that we can be comforted. I hope you enjoyed uh, the sermon today and I'm going to leave you with some questions for reflection and uh, I'll read it out and uh, hopefully that you'll be able to uh, discuss it within your cell groups or um, have a reflection with your journal. So question one, what anxieties do you have right now? If you don't have any, are there any friends or loved ones you know who may have anxieties and worries right now? Share with your group if you're comfortable or write it in your journal, the overall situation, how it occurred and where they are or where are you at right now? Question two, in light of what we talked about, how does knowing Jesus have already gone before us provide us with the comfort right now? Like I said, I shared with my cell group. Um, the members in my small cell group are younger than me, uh, on average of 10 to 15 years younger than me. And they didn't, never went through 2008, but it's quite similar, right? The uncertainties of employment, financial security, etc., etc. And for me to share with them how I trusted in Jesus and how I am who I am now, by trusting in Him and remaining obedient to Him in light of uncertainties and suffering and allowing Jesus to journey with me through the sufferings, I was able to experience a bless, blessings and now I'm experiencing a completely different purpose, a new life, or what you can call uh, to, to serve him in different ways. And so uh, as I shared with them how I'd gone through it and, and how I'm willing to share with them in their sufferings to take them through it, 
to take them through their own sufferings, it gives them comfort to know that somebody else is joining with them who has already gone before. So in light of what we talked about, how does knowing that Jesus has already gone before us provide us with comfort right now? Question three, is there anyone who you may be able to provide comfort, especially in light of COVID-19? If yes, in what ways can we provide comfort? See, in that movie clip, Inside Out, Joy try to just lighten the mood, right? To like turn your frown upside down, uh, try to tickle it, tickle bing bong, try to do whatever possible to, we would call superficial things. But I'm sure many of us try to do that with other people, right? We would say, oh, that's okay. Things will pass. You're strong. Uh, you can get through it, yada, yada, yada. But sadness did something else. To provide bing bong with comfort, sadness journeyed with bing bong through his suffering, allowing Bing Bong space to navigate with the loss, the grief, and also to uh, feel and be compassionate to Bing Bong. And that's what we need to do, is to follow Jesus' example, to be compassionate with others. We not necessarily have the right answers. And I'm sure that many of us, will uh, we avoid uh, people who are suffering because we fear that we do not have the right answers. But that's not what Jesus wanted us to do. He wanted us to do what he does, and that is to have compassion with people, to, uh, to provide people with the space to help them navigate their own sufferings, to just provide a listening ear, to journey with them and to have show empathy and compassion to say, I understand what you're saying. I may not completely understand, but I understand what you're saying. So I'll to continue to speak. Help allow me to enter into your suffering and journey with you so that we can get to the end, so that we can be victorious, so that we can experience the resurrection power of God at the end. God showed compassion to us. We should show compassion to others. Let's uh, devote the remaining time in prayer for ourselves and for others who need that comfort in Jesus during this time of uncertainty. And like I said, if you, you feel that you need a verse or something to hold on to this week, may I again reiterate this verse in the Bible in John 14, 27. And let's just close in the, with this prayer. May you remind yourself that Jesus says this to you, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Have a blessed week and hope to see you on Sunday over at Zoom. And uh, if you are just joining us for the first time or uh, or not quite sure where, uh, where to go on Zoom, just send me an email. I will provide my uh, contact information at the end of this uh, presentation and that you can contact me and I will send you the Zoom details to join us for worship service live this Sunday. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week.